Welcome to The Christian Contrast, where we talk about how walking with Jesus leads us to live life differently than the world around us. My name is Jeff Taylor, and I am the student ministries pastor here at Life Bible Fellowship Church. And this is part two of our discussion about prayer with three of our pastoral staff members. We have Troy Spillman, who is our executive pastor, and we have Summer Brown, who is our women's ministry pastor. And we have Hunter Gray, who is our outreach and young adults pastor. And I'm super excited about what we're going to get to talk about today, because while we we believe that prayer is an important part of our interaction with God, there are certainly opportunities to get stuck or bored or frustrated um, or we just sometimes wonder how we're supposed to do this. And so uh, we will start with uh, this idea of growing up, whether it was in a Christian home or a non-Christian home or whether church was a part of your regular routine or whatever. Um, what atmosphere did you grow up with when it came to prayer? What were some of the assumptions maybe that you made early on about what prayer was or how you were supposed to do prayer? So Hunter, what did that look like in your life? Yeah, I did grow up in a Christian home. Very thankful for that. Uh, my parents did model some types of prayer for me. Uh, it feels very kind of formulaic, if I'm being honest. We would pray you know, before a meal. Uh, we'd pray at church. Um, but not really a lot of intentional prayer, just one-on-one -on -one time or anything like that. And I think growing up, I just kind of saw prayer as just something we did because we're Christians, um, especially before I was a believer. I didn't put a lot of more thought into it than that. I do remember after I was saved, and I was saved at an early age, I had a wonderful um I guess, students, pastor like yourself. And he was kind of teaching me a lot about what prayer was, a lot about what being a Christian was. And I remember he took me out to, to share the gospel once, and we were praying as we were walking, uh, hoping that the Lord would give us an encounter that we could to share the gospel with someone. And he looked at me and he's like, Hunter, you don't have to close your eyes to pray. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that. I was walking down the street with my eyes closed in faith, hoping I wouldn't run into anything. <laughs> and it was just one of those things that like, until you're told these kinds of things, you just kind of have these maybe false senses of what you're supposed to do. Um, but I'd always seen prayer. I have to close my eyes. I have to bow my head. And so even if I need to be seeing what I'm doing, I'm walking down the street. Well, I'm still closing my eyes and I'm still... Um, having my head bowed and hoping I'm not going to run into a car. <laughs> but, uh, Things could get particularly dangerous once you got your license. Sure, sure, yeah. Driving and praying. Yeah. So. Thankfully, he corrected that before I was 16 and didn't start praying while I was driving. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Summer, what was it for you growing up in a prayerful atmosphere? or And what were your perceptions of prayer as you grew in Christ. Yeah. Um, so I did have the privilege of being in a home where um, I had a believing believing set of parents. Um, and we were involved in our local church, not super consistently, but we were, we were there. Um, but what was modeled to me was actually by my older sister, um, because I <laughs> my my conversion experience was actually sitting in the bathtub and my sister, um, you know, washing my hair and telling me that um, I needed Jesus in my life. And it, so it's like, you know, salvation and baptism all at once. Um, but um, so I, right then when I gave my life to the Lord, like my sister was modeling for me, um, talking to Jesus. And it just was this very 
sweet thing um, where I felt like I could talk to Jesus about all the things. Um, so that is that started really early on. Um, and then as I got older, I had a few different leaders in the youth group who came alongside me and really invested in that part of my life and modeled more of, of how to come to him with intersection and different things like that. And so it was um, an early foundational part of my life. Yeah, that's great. And Troy, what was it like for you before accepting Christ? And then as you accepted Christ, what were your perceptions of prayer in life? Yeah, there are times that we'd go to church or um, prayer would feel very kind of formal. It'd be like this kind of function, like you could check the box, right? Uh, maybe there'd be holidays. It would be like this official prayer that we'd have before Thanksgiving. Um, but it wasn't part of my daily life. It was something that's kind of out there. It was kind of structures. It was formal. Uh, maybe not even like attainable in some ways. So it just made it a little difficult. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's interesting that each one of us um, and probably each person watching or listening to this has these perceptions of what prayer is, what it's supposed to be. Um, and that could have a huge impact on the way we approach God in mm -hmm. prayer. I remember, I mean, I grew up in a Christian home and um, in, around church consistently. And I remember all the way up until early adulthood, even having this idea that um, to be a prayer meant that you went to all nights of prayer. Mm -hmm. You, um, you know, I would look at the people in my life and see like, these are intercessors, right? And they would pray for hours and hours. And it really led me to the belief that, oh, well, I'm not a prayer. I'm, you know, I have other, I like to worship through music. And it even led me to a point of almost excusing myself from having to be a prayer. Hmm. Having it, it's like, oh, well, prayer isn't my thing. Prayer isn't the way that hmm. I communicate with my heavenly father. And while there are certainly aspects that we are more or less comfortable with, um, I don't think we get to just excuse ourselves from that part of the relationship. I mean, we wouldn't do that with a spouse or with a close friend where it's like, well, I'm not real comfortable talking, so therefore I'm not going to talk to you or I'm not going to listen to you. And yet we could do that with prayer. So my question is, as you grew in your faith, how did your perceptions of prayer change? Troy, let's start with you. Yeah, so for me, it was huge that it went from I have to, like this duty or this obligation to, I get to. I get to talk to my Father. I get to interact with Him. I get to spend time. I get to share my heart. Um, yeah, I remember having like a pastor mentor, and we would just sit together. And it was new for me where he would just pray, and there'd be some silence. And maybe I would pray. Maybe you could pray. Maybe to share a verse that would just be on his heart and make that his prayer. And then like kind of this real conversational back and forth, just talking to our Heavenly Father. So it was beautiful. It's something that really set me on this path of like, okay, this is something I get to do. This is a privilege that God gives us. that we, we can talk to God of the universe and he gives us access. Wow. I mean, how freeing must that have been? Because you mentioned before, you know, it, it can be kind of linear and there, there are definitely great aspects to that, but to have the freedom of knowing, man, yeah. I get to just cry out to my heavenly father. That's, yeah, it's huge. Yeah. So Summer, how about for you? How have you seen your prayer life 
grow or awaken or come to new understandings? Okay. So I had this, this, this sweet relationship where I got to just pray and talk to Jesus. It felt very conversational. And then um, high school, I remember specifically there being this really awkward time of, of prayer. And it was this point where um, you're very self-conscious, very aware of everybody else around you. And when you're having like this group prayer time, I found myself trying to pick up on some of those churchy ways of praying, some of the, um, the formal sentences and phrases that people would use. And um, I started trying to add them in. It didn't feel, it didn't feel good. But I remember trying to put some more of those things in. And then, you know, as we're praying as a group, then there's those people who are like, yes, Lord, yes, amen, you know, yes. And I remember specifically there being a moment where it's like, wow, am I, am I praying to the crowd or am I praying to Jesus? Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's kind of cool because I think our youth group um, – pastor was was really picking up on some of that with with many of the kids in the group and did a message on it about about some of the habits we pick up in prayer and um that being just a transformative moment of who am i talking to um so with corporate prayer specifically yeah so that was one of those transformative moments and it was is so helpful yeah for sure that's and to how freeing it must be to let yourself off the hook of having to perform oh, for yeah. people. It's like, yeah. I've got to say the right things. And it's like, Ooh, I got an amen. I got it. You know, uh-huh. and recognize again who you're talking to and that opportunity. So, yeah. Yeah. Hunter, how about you? Yeah. I, I love what Troy said that prayer is, I think as we grow in our faith becomes less of a duty and more delight when we recognize who we're actually praying to. Mm. And so here's the idea. The Bible is full of imagery about who our God is. And you can look back and maybe even the story of Esther, and you look at her relationship to the king, her husband, right? And even Esther could not approach the king without the king declaring it so. And so the king would put out his staff and he would say, you can come. If he did not do that, even Esther could be killed for approaching the king. Now, there's a little bit here that is kind of an imagery towards the Lord to say he has this ultimate right and authority. He has this level of power. And in our world today, we don't really see even our national leaders with this level of power over us, but this is it. He is a sovereign creator of all, and he could dictate terms. Now, fast forward to some other imagery in the Bible, because we're going to see it gets so much better than that, that we look at Jesus, and we look at what he represents, and he says, I am becoming Emmanuel for you, the God with you. What a beautiful imagery, right? And all throughout Jesus' life, we start to see how this intimate relationship with God can be had, and that it's not this necessarily a king on his throne that we may or may not die if we get into his presence that was more in the Old Testament idea. But it's that, hey, Jesus came in, and he tore that dividing wall down, and he says, you can have access to God as what? As a father. Think about that. As a father, this intimate relationship where this capable, sovereign, wise, beautiful God says, I look at you as a son and I want your best. And I want you to come to me with your problems. I want you to come to me with your hopes, with your dreams, just like you would a loving dad and say, talk to me. 
talk to me because I have, one, the power to help, and two, the heart to love. And what a wonderful transformation that is in our hearts when we think about, why are we talking to God, right? And, and I think about it this way, too. is like, well, who is the most interesting person you could talk to? You know, if you had the chance to have an interview with one person in this world, who would that be? Who would you want to ask questions to, to find the answers of life's questions that you may have? And I can't think of anybody but the Lord, right? Like, who is greater than that? Mm-hmm. What a privilege we have. And we should not ever forget that prayer is a privilege bought by the blood of Christ, that we have access to God in a way that is just truly gracious, Let's not forget the joy that's in that, the privilege that's in that. And I think that's the most beautiful part of prayer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that confidence could be an indicator of our growth, mm-hmm. that we are recognizing who it is that we're coming to and that we, I mean, we're told in God's word to us, it says, come boldly, mm-hmm. come boldly to the throne, this throne that, he's, that he sits on. Um, but he receives us, you know, I no longer call you slaves, I call you friend, you know, and so it's this intimate relationship that that we get to have. And so that transformation that each of us have gone through in terms of, okay, this could, I could just keep this in the religion realm, I could keep this in the performance realm, I could keep this in the you freak me out, so I'm going to stay at a distance. Um, but the reality of it is what Jesus did is he tore that veil and, uh, mm-hmm. and allows us to come into the presence of God boldly mm-hmm. um, and with confidence, um, knowing that he hears us and, and he's with us. Um, in 2021, I had a three-month sabbatical. And I could really point to this as a time that God did massive work in my heart um, and in some of my perceptions, but also in my routines of of connecting with God and in prayer. And I found myself in some really, um, I was encouraged because it was really doable ways. Sometimes we think about like, how do I pray? What what is there a routine? Is there a is there a setting? Is there whatever? Um, and I, what I found was that as I would take my dog out for a walk in the morning, you know, just every morning I'd take the dog. If the dog's got to go out, we're, we go for a walk and I would find myself as I'm walking, praying. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'm confident that around my neighborhood, I look like a raving lunatic because there's that guy walking his dog, talking to himself because I'm just Mm -hmm. like, God, I really need it. You know, Macy, come on, God, I really need you to, you know, and I'm crying out to God Mm -hmm. and the ways that God met me on those walks each morning and it didn't feel like a ritual it didn't feel like a mandated routine that oh i broke my streak and so i you know i have to start over it was just this opportunity that i had to come before god and uh in the pete Gregg book that we keep referring to called how to pray one of the things that he he talks about is get a chair and set a time get a chair. It doesn't have to be a literal chair. It may be, but get a place where you specifically and intentionally go to pray and set a time because probably most people don't do real well with just an open schedule, no plan, no, if we have an intention of wanting to get something done. And so my my question for you guys, and we'll start with Summer, um, what are some of your daily 
or weekly or monthly, however, however you frame it in your mind, routines for prayer to make to make it a priority and to make sure that it's part of your life. What are some of the ways that you go about it each day or week or whatever? Yeah. So I am not a very scheduled person, but I have a very um, specific routine. And I so when you when you talk about like taking the chair and 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 having um, setting a time. There, there are multiple chairs in my life that, that serve as like a touchstone for like, this is the time where I'm going to talk to the Lord about this. And one of those is uh, getting up in the morning and putting on my makeup. Um, when I am sitting there and I mean, you are looking at yourself in the mirror and seeing all your flaws and seeing all this different stuff. It is a great time to be super open with the Lord. Um, and it is one of the first places where I begin um, setting my heart for the day. Lord, I want them to see you in me. I don't want them to see this. I don't want them to see any of, of, of what I can put forward. I want them to see you shining through me. And that's like, that's that's one of um, those key foundational moments in the day, um, and then there are multiple points throughout the day uh, when I when I take my son to school. Um, when we're when we're in the car, we'll listen to something together, and then there's a certain point, and he always knows when it's coming. There's a certain road that we hit where we turn it off, and we start to pray for the day. And we pray for his teacher and the school, and we pray for the opportunities he has. And we pray daily that God would pour out his favor mm -hmm. on to my son. And um, so these are some of those moments. But I think one of the most precious ones, um, my husband, when we sit down at a meal, he will ask the family, he'll say, hey, before we eat, is there somebody or something we need to be praying for? Um, and it's just a small, intentional way of including our family in remembering who we need to be praying for. And we pray over those things as a family. And then into the evening, as we're putting our son to bed, it's the same question. Hey, bubs, who, who do we need to pray for? Is there something we can pray for? And um, I think one thing that I find so much joy in is the fact that now the question has shifted. And now... Sometimes when we get in there, he'll look at us and say, well, who should we be praying for tonight? Is there something you guys have going on tomorrow that we need to pray for? Okay. So it's just this constant interweaving of um, having those multiple chairs throughout my day. So, and, we'll, and what a great way to think about it in terms of what are the chairs in your life and Again, it's not the the chairs aren't the only place you can pray, but to have these you 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 said like touch points during the day, um, and they they almost act as triggers. I mean, we get triggered by all kinds of things, but right. these are like prayer triggers. And so, turning onto that road, I'm going to pray. Or when we see something and it reminds us of a person, and uh, mm -hmm. to take those moments, like hey. While they're on my mind, mm -hmm. I'm gonna go ahead and pray for them, and that's right. and so, yeah. so that's great, uh, Hunter. What is uh, prayer routine or mm -hmm. prayer life look like for you? Sure, yeah, I really appreciate Summer's idea of kind of these continual anchor points is how I'll call them. That's how I, I would actually phrase that because um, I try to implement those in my life too, and we'll talk about some of those. But one of the things I want to stress is I don't want people to feel like prayer becomes a duty. 
to say, oh, at three o'clock p.m., I have to pray. Otherwise, I've disappointed the Lord. Because remember, what we're trying to do is help you realize that prayer is a conversation with your creator, uh, the father of all, right? The the most, your first love, right? And so it should be something that's a delight to you. And if it's a delight to you, that's something that you're going to do often um, and you're going to do because you enjoy it. And I really want to stress that. And so I don't want you s- to set you up for failure by just saying, we'll do this routine. And now we all need these anchor points in our lives to, to clue us back into what matters most. We need to be reminded of the gospel constantly, even if we're already believers, right? Because uh, we want to always be grateful for what the Lord has done. Um, but just a little bit about how my life kind of ebbs and flows. I really try to make it a habit to pray before big decisions, to even pray before small decisions if I can think through those, but to say, hey, Lord, wait a second. I'm about to have this conversation with somebody. Let me pray specifically about what's about to happen. That's a 10-second, 15-second prayer to realign my thoughts on what the Lord wants most, right? I try to make a habit of doing those things throughout the day. It's kind of like setting myself up for success rather than failure. I'm not trying to carve out an hour block of time where I'm like, I'm holier than you because I just prayed for an hour, (laughs) right? Instead, I'm trying to say, well, let me just functionally through my day, bring my cares to the Lord, worship Him when I see something beautiful, right? To say, God, I just had this amazing conversation with one of our college students. Uh, She's repenting of sin. Thank you so much for this, right? Just take that 30 seconds to just bring that before the Lord, right? To see Him as your best friend right beside you, you know, that you're just, hey, did you see this, right? You know, what a wonderful way to look at prayer. Um, But to give you some things that are helpful anchor points, one of the things I often do is right when I wake up, without even getting out of bed, I'll usually open my eyes like, oh, I'm awake. And then I close them back and I say, Lord, I want to give this day to you. And just a simple prayer about my hopes or my fears or my anxieties and saying, God, I want this day to be committed to you. Very simple. And then I get up and go about my day. Um, I'll often... Um, have little reminders throughout the day. So I've got this little like Pokemon character on my desk and it's it reminds me to pray for a young boy, a Nicaraguan, who I met in Taiwan, <laughs> shared the gospel with him. He professed Christ and believed and he gave me this little token and I keep it on my desk and every time I see it, I pray for him. And I've got those little things everywhere, little sentimental thing. I'm a sentimental guy. So these little sentimental things like, oh, I remember the story behind this. Let me pray for those people. And it helps me pray for people's salvation. It helps me pray in ways I wouldn't normally pray throughout the day. Um, and then lastly, and I think this is so important, I want to encourage everyone who's married to do this thing, is to pray with your spouse daily. My wife and I, we do this at night before we go to bed. Uh, we have our, you know, he's one now, our one, one-year-old one son, and he she'll bring me in. He'll be in his little pajamas, and she'll be like, all right, pray for Nehemiah. I'm like, okay. And so we'll have a little prayer for Nehemiah. We pray for his salvation. We pray for his health. We pray for things that we value in his life, right? And then we put him to bed. And then Kelsey and I will go, and we'll pray together. Um, and we'll bring all of our cares before the Lord. We'll thank him for the blessings that we have. We make an intentional effort to be thankful uh, not just supplication, but thanksgiving. And uh, we do that. It's one of the best things we do in our marriage, <laughs> just even from a relational aspect between the two of us. Uh, but it's also so meaningful for our relationship with the Lord that we are pursuing Him together. And I think that's really important. So, Yeah, and what, what a great example of both spontaneous prayer, 
of as things come up in our day, there is not a time in our day where it's like, oh, well, now it's not prayer time or this isn't a prayer location, like at any mm -hmm. point. And so to be responsive to that as Holy Spirit stirs that up in us, that we respond to that. And it might be a 10 second, thank you, God. It may be, man, you ended up driving up the hill and praying up Baldy for three hours. It, but but the important thing is to respond. And you know, you you talked about how not letting the anchor points or letting a routine be the thing that like dictates us like, oh, I've disappointed God if I if I don't do it this way. And I, I can really resonate that. I remember as a teenager um and growing up that the pastor of our church not putting this on us or anything, but he would testify about how every morning at 4 a.m. he would drive up to the top of Haven and he had a place that he would pray um, every day. And I interpreted that as, well, that's what godly people do. And so I better do that. You hear people talk, reference, you know, offering God our first fruit. Oh, well, I, I better get up first thing in the morning. And I remember feeling like I was such a disappointment because that's a, early morning for me is a struggle and coming to a point of recognizing it's like my first fruit is after 9am it just <laughs> is that that's the best i have to offer before that it's going to be a struggle and so having that freedom of responding to what god is doing and offering ourselves to him and not allowing it to be a thing of performance or I've got to, I've got to do it this way. This has to be my chair because it's summer's chair. This mm -hmm. has to be mm -hmm. my set time because this is when Hunter says he prays and to have that freedom to interact with God through the day. Yeah, that's, that's huge. Uh, Troy, what do your, what does your prayer life look like and some of the spontaneous or some of the set uh, things that you walk through? So there's some, Similarities here, like starting the day where I just want to be able to somewhere in there uh, have this mentality that like John the Baptist, uh, when he knew Jesus come on the scene, he said, may I decrease and he increase. And so somewhere in there, I try to have that kind of sentiment like, Lord, um, may you take over. I want to give you the, the steering wheel of my life. I want you to direct today. I don't want Troy to be in charge. May I decrease? So there's, that's always really helpful. Um, I had friends that actually would, um, they would do this laminated list that would have a string attached to it and have it in the shower. So just idea of like, even the shower, like you can pray. It's like, why not? Right. And so. Uh, Laminating your prayer, li prayer list takes some planning. It does. Yeah. And equipment. So I never did that, but I've tried to have this mentality of like, okay, who, what do I need to be praying for as I start my day? Just like, what's, what needs to be kind of the first things I need to surrender to the Lord? Um, I also use a couple of different uh, tools. So one, on my phone. I just have a list of people I pray for each day. So each day, it's a different list of people. Uh, some even like high school or college friends that I, some of them I really haven't even been in touch with for a while. Uh, some I work with. Uh, some are life group or relatives. My wife's side, my side. So each day, I have a list of people that I just kind of go through. And what's great about that is I feel like Lord reveals things as I'm praying. Like, hey, I want you to pray about this in a deeper way. Or there's like maybe it can give me insight. Like, I need to reach out to this person and see what's going on. When I do that, if I'm obedient to it, usually I'm very surprised and blessed. They're like, 
uh, really taken back that I'd reach out to them. Um, and particularly say, I believe God put this on my heart to reach out to you about this. And so, hey, how can I pray for you? And so I believe that leads to some divine appointments. Um, also, I, I use an app, uh, the Lectio uh, 365, which is tied to the Peter, uh, Pete Gregg book. And so uh, what's great about the app is that it just gives me some prompts. And I was, at first I was like, is that spiritual? Is that okay to use an app? And I was like, yes, God could use that app. And so it actually really is helpful. Uh, so I use that on a regular basis as well. Yeah, that's so important in terms of making ourselves available to how God wants to speak to us mm -hmm. um, as we're reading the word. I mean, that he'll, he'll highlight something or he'll, he'll stir something up in our heart based on something that we're reading that maybe wasn't on our mind before. We weren't planning on praying for that or acting on that. When we put people before us and, and events before us, Hunter expressed this as well. Like when we put those things before us, like who knows how God's going to stir us to pray and lift those things up and and speak prophetically to us and and call us to step out in in ways of ministry and healing and ways that God will use us and so yeah praying through those and that's that brings us to this place of let's let's be let's let's be creative and let's uh, let's give some ideas because I'm sure that there are people watching or listening going, this is all great. And I'm so glad you all have such healthy prayer lives. And can we all acknowledge that we we have definitely had dry spells in in our prayer for sure. This is not something where, hey, once you get mature enough, prayer is just electric all the time. Um, but God is always there. And God is always faithful, and He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we can trust in that. Um, but what are some ideas that uh, have worked for you? Maybe in some out of the box kinds of ways. Some um, and and don't be shy. Don't be like, oh, well, this is kind of quirky. Quirky's fun. That, that's right. that's great. <laughs> um, but uh, what are some of the ways that have helped you connect with God? Uh, through prayer. Troy, you mentioned the Lectio 365 app. Yeah. Um, I use an app called Inner Room, and it's from 24-7 Prayer, and it will send an alert to your phone. Um, in fact, one of the things that is, has been an interesting journey for me, it'll send an alert to my phone, says, got five minutes to talk to God. I mean, that's a difficult swipe up. <laughs> like, nope. Sorry, I got it. While at the same time, the, the number of times that I swipe up because it, with what I'm doing, it's like, no, I don't have five minutes, but it keeps it in front of me. Mm -hmm. And it it is that reminder of God's there. God's ready to listen. Mm -hmm. um, what are, Hunter, what are some maybe creative ways mm -hmm. uh, that you pursue prayer or that you make yourself available for prayer or step out of the box in mm -hmm. order to connect with God? Yeah, so I'll be with a lot of you, I think, in this, is that I reach a point where I just don't have anything else to say. Uh, I usually pray simple prayers. Um, I usually pray, Lord, this is what I need. This is what I'm thankful for. Five minutes is a long prayer at any one given time for me. Um, and so when you start thinking about, hey, like if I want to spend more time in prayer, if I want this to really start to kind of transform my life, I need some help. Um, and so the one help that I want to give you without giving you too much is this idea of praying the Bible. So I'm going to give you a little book right here, a recommendation. Uh, this is by Donald Whitney, very small book. You can read it in an afternoon. But it's just this concept 
that if you haven't done it before, um, it might feel new to you, might feel awkward to you, but it's simply saying, let me use God's word that he has given to me as a means to converse with him. Right now, I want to put a disclaimer out here because I need to. Is that when we start to pray through scripture, it may prompt us to pray for things that aren't actually what that scripture means. Um, so, scripture means what it means, not what we want it to mean. Let me put that out there. You can interpret scripture wrongly, but you can't necessarily pray through scripture wrongly. And so, be wise here. Um, we don't want to take this and say, well, I can make the Bible mean anything I want it to. But what we want to do is say, these are God's words. And as I'm prayerfully looking through them, God is naturally going to bring to mind things in my life that I should pray for, that I should talk to Him about, that I might not normally do, right? And so if we're reading the Psalms, the Psalms is an excellent place to begin. And this is where I would encourage you to begin to do this. We start reading a Psalm and we start seeing David talk about justice and that he's angry at his enemies, but he wants the Lord to be his you know, right hand, to be the one who takes vengeance on his enemies, right? And we start to say, well, I've got some enemies. I've got some people I'm angry with, right? That might not be something you normally pray with your wife on, in the evenings, but you know what? I've got people in my life that there's conflict. Let me start praying what the Bible tells me to pray about conflict. And so it brings to mind someone that I might need to reconcile with, hmm. and someone that I might be avoiding. And so I'm starting to pray for them, right? We start reading maybe the Great Commission. We start seeing the Lord's call to missions, and we're like, whoa, when's the last time I prayed for the salvation of somebody? And so we start using Scripture to prompt our prayers, and all of a sudden, our prayer life becomes much richer. Uh, we start praying for things that aren't necessarily in our you know, day-to-day radar, but they're things that are incredibly important to the Lord. And so I want to encourage you to take this practice to say, let me take a psalm today. Um, let me read through that psalm, and as I read through a verse, if the Lord prompts something in my heart, let me pray for that thing. If nothing stirs, well, that's okay. We'll go to the next verse, and we'll just read through a psalm together, and we'll pray as the Lord wills, as the Lord directs, as the Lord gives you that kind of creative insight, um, and just see what that does to your prayer life. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at how enriching it can be. As you talk about praying through scripture, we're in this series right now, Teach Us to Pray, Mm -hmm. and even using the Lord's Prayer. When Jesus was asked, teach us to pray, Mm -hmm. and his response is, pray like this. Mm -hmm. Um, And he gives us such a vision for walking through ways of approaching God, who God is, asking God for things, making ourselves available to God, um, surrendering to God. I mean, just it's it's how to pray, not what to pray. And so, yeah, praying through Scripture and Psalms. I mean, you, you want to see a prayer life. Mm-hmm. The writers of Psalms, of the Psalms, uh, you see every, every facet of life and struggle and joy and victory. So, yeah, praying through that, that's, that's great. Troy. What are some creative things, ways that you approach God, maybe that could help somebody get unstuck? Yeah, so just the idea of like, okay, I'm going to pray for half hour or 45 minutes. That's pretty daunting for most of us, right? And so way I deal with that is I'll just pick a chapter in the Bible. So I grabbed uh, 2 Timothy and so this is just a sweet relationship of like a mentor, mentoree uh, relationship where he's pouring it into his disciple, Timothy. 
a young guy in the ministry. And so I just read a chapter as I'm walking. So I'm on the bike trail and uh, just walking along. I'll read a verse or two as I'm going, kind of make sure that I'm not going to run into anybody or anything. We've got uh, you walking yeah, and reading yeah. scripture. We've got yeah. Hunter walking yeah. with his eyes closed. Yeah, <laughs> we got to keep these. Guys I, I keep the eyes open. Yeah. So as I'm as I'm going, uh, I feel like I'll just read a couple of verses. It'll be real clear that hey, I'm supposed to stop and pray about this. Now I don't stop physically. I keep moving. But as far as reading in the verses, uh, I stop and pray about whatever. I feel like just kind of comes to mind. Maybe it's a person, maybe it's a situation, uh, maybe it's just a request that I have. And so I just kind of do that. And all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, I just, uh, I did a two mile walk. Uh, now I'm back, it's almost like 40 minutes or so. And it's like, wow, I felt like the time just went like that because it was very structured. I had this focus. So that has been very helpful uh, with the walks and hikes and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. And any, anybody else like your chair? is not stationary yes right yeah. that's 100%. that yeah i think that resonates with a lot of people so yeah, yeah don't don't be afraid to get out of your house get out of your room take a walk mm -hmm. take a drive keep your eyes open and <laughs> go um don't be afraid to be on the move get in a place that's yeah. that's even inspiring you know you're not worshiping nature but you can worship in nature so uh summer I'm so glad that you said it's okay if these are quirky because uh, quirky girl right here. Um, so in 2009, my husband and I, we moved overseas to go do missions work. And I will tell you, when you are dropped off in another country where you don't speak the language and you, you can only talk to your spouse for so long, um, you, you are going to develop um, a new kind of prayer life. And, um, and at that point, you're dealing with all this spiritual battle and everything else. And so there was just a lot of things that the Lord taught me in that time in ways to boldly approach Him. Um, so one of, my, one of my methods is um, when I feel like I'm hearing myself complain about something, if it's a tub of dishes or it's something along the lines of like a household chore that's that's driving me crazy or a person is driving me crazy it's okay lord how can how can this be shifted and like with the dishes um dishes once were a big complaint or a gripe for me and then turning it into wow lord thank you that you provided the food that we could eat on these plates thank you so much for each of the people that were represented and thank you for all of these forks because it meant a lot of people were here tonight and like so changing mm -hmm. those um those things as i'm making a bed that i've just stubbed my toe on lord thank you that my son has this comfy place to sit and and, and to lay and to be safe um, and then praying over him in that moment. So changing those household chores and those gripes into, um, into moments of intercession and, and gratitude to the Lord. Uh, the other thing is, again, um, and this started when I did move overseas because jet lag, jet lag, um, being up way too late and laying in bed and being like, okay, what now? Um, and then there was, there was a little bit of anxiety too. And so being a little anxious and being like, okay, Lord, calm my heart. I would go through the ABCs and, um, I would start letter A. Okay. Who do I know with the name that begins with A? Okay. Aaron, God, 
would you, and I, I would just start to think about him and, and maybe what he needs in his life and then be, okay, Bethany, I know that she's struggling with, and I would go through and, um, I will say that my friends who started with the letters A through G got a lot of prayer because <laughs> half the time I'd fall asleep by that, by that point. Um, and if, if after I went through the ABCs once I needed to do it again because I'm still awake and, and I don't know why I'm awake, um, then I would pray for events or countries or things that started with those letters. Mm. Um, and that was really helpful. Um, oh, goodness, I had one. Oh, prayer walking. Yes, because the ADHD, the prayer walking is really great. <laughs> I, I You guys have kind of mentioned this, but taking my feet and going. Um, and not just um, going before the Lord with my list when I prayer walk, but trying to look at my surroundings through how, how I think God would see them and like looking at people and praying over some of these faces of people that I don't know if they've ever been prayed for before. I know that when I've been in foreign countries many, many times, I know I'm praying for people who may have never been prayed for by name, um, have never been prayed for um, as a person. And so getting the opportunity to pray for them as I'm walking by buildings and I'm seeing all the different buzzers and doors and knowing that each of those represent a life and a family, um, praying over those specific things, um, seeing government buildings, seeing, um, seeing you know, uh, little kids and there's just so many opportunities to stop and and to pray for those things. Now, so, while you're talking about prayer walking, yeah. talk about the prayer walk that we are encouraging people through the display up in the lobby yeah. uh, in the worship center and how they can interact with that and what we're encouraging people to do with that. Yeah. Um, so I would love, and I know um, our, our staff, our, our pastoral staff would love to see every street um, on that map highlighted to have every single one prayed for. Um, and the idea is to go through and to, to maybe see your neighborhood. And now you could go and look at the map and be like, oh, I live there and just kind of highlight it because you're like, well, I live there. I, I pray all the time. Mm -mm, no, we're not just saying this is where you live. This is where you're at. So highlight it. Take a picture of that map and go out intentionally um, and walk that specific set of streets and, and start to try to walk on site with God's sight. Um, open your eyes and look at each house. Um, who's in there? What 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 does that represent? Those are lives. Those are souls. Those are people who need Jesus. And we have no mm. idea what these people are going through, what they're struggling with, what their hurts are. And we have the opportunity as we walk by their homes to pray that God would meet with these people. Um, and so praying over those specific homes, praying as you walk um, and you're walking at, at an intersection, praying for the safety of the people who walk across those streets. As you walk by a school, praying for those students, the teachers, for the teachers who are believers to, to make an impact in the lives of those mm -hmm. students. Praying as our, we walk by government official buildings, like our city council, and praying for, um, even for our local library, um, that there would be more, um, healthy books that are going through there, praying praying for those specific things. We can be so specific. We have got 
a God who knows the details. And um, I love the idea that God is already at work in our city, in our neighborhood, in our homes, and we have the opportunity to join him. And that's that's what prayer walking is. Yeah. And I mean, like Trey mentioned, when you get out and about, who knows what kind of divine appointments God is going to orchestrate that he's going to put somebody in your path. There's going to be somebody that maybe you're going to walk by instead of walking by Holy Spirit's going to stir them and be like, pray for him. Yes. I'd rather not, but you should. And so we go and we pray. Who knows, who knows what God's going to do. And these are all, I mean, this is amazing. And I, and I hope that those of you who are watching and listening, get an understanding of, of what we're saying is that prayer is about relationship. And we are invited into this relationship and we are encouraged to come in boldly with our praise, with our requests, with our relationships, with other people, situations that we're, that we're facing. And it's not about the rules or regulations or habits or routines. Um, it is about making ourselves available to God. And that can look like so many different things. And um, I know that any of the pastors, elders, ministry leaders around the church would be happy to have a conversation with any of you who may have questions or you're like, how do I do this? Or um, where can I get that book that Hunter was talking about? And we will link resources in the comments uh, section of this video and make those things available. They're also available on our app, on the OBF app as well as our website. And you can watch this uh, this podcast on the LBF YouTube channel or on our lbf.church website. And so uh, thank you all so much for um, being here. You are an encouragement. Uh, you are leading us and it is so clear and, and it's exciting to see the ways that God is working in your life through your life and as you make yourself available to him, he's leading and directing. So we will be back in two weeks with another episode. And until then, God bless you and get a chair, set a time. <laughs>